Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Nihi Hapater. Hey there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. 4C Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Now LaughButton.com is doing some marketing for us, so look for that in our social media. Today's guest... Corona week, I think it's nine, I don't know anymore, is a television writer, producer, originally from Burnley, which is near Manchester in the UK. Somehow he's made it to Los Angeles, California, where he has written for such shows such as, to tell the truth, American Idol, and now Supermarket Sweep with host Leslie Jones. I think he's interesting, but then again, I'm a sucker for that darling London accent. It's Ed Thomas. Hi. <laughs> Hello there. Yeah. I've suddenly become even more uh, British well, now. That's what <laughs> that's what happened since I've moved out to uh, to LA. Well, I've become even more British. That's my first question. Does <laughs> you're out in LA? Okay, you're a young guy. Does that accent help or hurt you out in LA? Um. Honestly, honestly, it helps. The good thing about the good thing about being a Brit in uh, in LA or in America is that people because of the accent I think people assume that you're intelligent and and sophisticated yes that's exactly and, I'm, and neither of those things as you probably know already <laughs> well that's what I'm saying I, but you get credible uh, benefit of the doubt we we think you're smarter you sound like yeah. the yeah you sound smarter you know exactly but then, but then we have Trump, and then you Smarties, you're, you know, you're the mother country, decided, hold my beer, here's Boris. So, I don't know. Right. I can't tell anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely it's um, better. Like, go ahead, Neil. I just think it's that I think that people from England are better than me. That just, it's just <laughs> built into my DNA. Like, we're just, that's the way we think. Well, they should be because they've been around longer, right? Yeah. They speak the Queen's English, which the way it was supposed to be spoken and we we ruined it and then it just sounds smarter right so it's like they look it's t at four you know that's a way that's why it's presented here they have a queen it's like very royalty yeah. is like looked up you know and then you know and then they come here no, and, and they come here and we we feel inferior when they speak <laughs> but i've no I've- I've noticed it in uh, even in meetings, you know, working in TV. As soon as if you speak with a British accent and with confidence, people it, people listen. It doesn't really matter what you're saying. People go, "Oh, this guy knows what he's." You know, yeah. he, he sounds he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. But the main advantage, um, I'm I'm a single guy. I thought I may as well use this uh, platform to to promote that. This this is essentially my latest dating app. Um, <laughs> this experience. And you've got to play to your strengths, and I've got good hair and an accent, and that's about it. Beyond that, there's not much else. Now, that's so funny because we, we – um, well, a couple of things. Like every English girl I dated, 
um like i loved it like the accent i'd be like yeah and then you know it, it, it's definitely way longer to peel the onion to realize that they're the same as the girls here same how many english girls did you date just a couple one had had a great london accent but she was a, the classic seinfeld low, low talker and it would dry it was driving me nuts so it would be like i, I thought i was going deaf because it would be like, uh, like, do you want to go to the movies? Yeah, I want. I got a movies. Like, what? What? You, wh- I'm sorry. What? I said I'm sorry. What? Like a hundred times. I couldn't do it anymore. After a week, I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I can't spend the rest of my life trying to hear. I do think that generally speaking, Brits uh, speak ten percent quieter than Americans. <laughs> yeah, we're loud and obnoxious. You you get what you pay for. What do you? Yeah, I mean, you're, our boss, Leslie Jones, is the quintessential American, no? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, she's the, uh, she's the extreme. If you compare her to the girl dated, they're the extremes for you. Yeah, there you go. Like, very loud, very uh, So you're from, um, so you grew up in Burnley, you were saying, yes. and they have their own soccer team. Are they first division there? Are they good? Are they not Man United? Why didn't you go? You said you were near uh, Manchester. So how come you're not Man United or uh, Man City because you were in the town? Uh, yeah, it's a funny... It's a, it's a really... Um, I'm, I'm, we're, I'm very proud to be from Burnley. It's a little town. The population's about 80,000. So it's a tiny little town. But they're in the, um, they're in the Premier League, the, the EPL. And they're the kind of... You know, they're the underdogs. And they're, they're huge overachievers and it's just this lovely little working class town and uh, I don't know there's something quite nice about about that in amongst all the kind of giants like your Manchester United and your Liverpools and the big the big guns they they hold their own well Neil something quite, I like that Neil watches the EPL so Neil I, I mean are they good yeah yeah Burnley I think can score some goals I think they're really good they're like in the middle of the yeah they do they have any player I yeah. should know? The big guy? Any big guys? Kaka or any of these clowns? <laughs> <laughs> Kaka retired like 20 years ago. I know, I know. <laughs> it's just my favorite name think... ever. The guy's name is Kaka, and he's a great player. I don't know. Oh, Kaka, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a soccer fan then, uh, Lenny? No, I, no, I hate soccer. I mean, ah. I hate it with a passion, but I will watch it every four years. Uh, for the like World Cup, I'm, I get totally okay. into the World Cup, all the teams, all the players, and then, you know, and then uh, after it's over, it's it's like it never happened. Like I just wipe it out of my memory banks. But you learn all who the good players are around the world. And you real and Neil always fills me in. Yeah, he watches all these guys are playing in that English league, right, Neil? Yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of. I mean, I watch a lot of Premier League soccer. It's, it's like my favorite thing to watch now. In fact, it's the, now it's only the German League, so it's the only thing to watch on TV. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a while. So, well, I have a question. When you're from Burnley, when you, uh, what does everybody think about you being in LA? Is that like a big deal? Because I mean, it's pretty far, obviously, but is that a big deal for you? It is, I mean, it kind of is. I, I moved to London um, when I was younger. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this to Lenny. You know, I won't go into detail, but my mum ran off with the with the priest. Essentially, <laughs> and, oh, no. uh, and and we ended up in London, and I think so. My life went in a slightly different direction then. But I'm still in touch with all my friends from Burnley, and um, 
Yeah, I think they think I lead this really showbiz life, which I don't really. But in their mind, I'm at parties in the Hollywood Hills every night and, and <laughs> hanging around with celebrities. Um, uh, when in reality, it's, you know, you two are about you're the closest it gets really to celebrities. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I would. If that's the case. Yeah, I would. I, move, a, I would directly move back. I have the vision of back. you in LA eating out every night and just like at the. I have that same vision as your friend from Burnley. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's, that's well, no. I mean, it's, I do. Some, I do genuinely have to pinch myself because I'm, I'm like looking out now. I have a view of the Hollywood sign, and uh, you know, I mean, it's a long way away, but it's still there. And it's yeah. I do. It's a, it's weird, really, how it's all turned out. I feel very lucky, that's... and uh, yeah, I feel like I'm going to get a sound out soon. <laughs> well, how do you how do you start writing it? Where does well, you start writing in London, or you start writing in Burnley from a young age, or you start writing which one? Well, I wanted. I thought I was going to be a pop star. That was the plan because I did a degree in popular music studies, which is a, a real thing, believe it or not. Oh wow! Um, so I was like played guitar and was in bands, and there was this course uh, uh, for people who weren't classically trained in music. You just had to play an instrument, and uh, so it was a kind of I don't know. It was a. It was a. It was a bit of a weird little course, but it was fun. And then from that, I actually just got a couple of weeks unpaid uh, internship at the BBC. Uh, and a friend just needed um, some help for a couple of weeks uh, on a show. And so I went down there and I did a couple of weeks unpaid work. And then I left the BBC 11 years later as a showrunner. Oh my God. Holy so it, shit. I just kind of worked my way up and, uh, and slept with the right people. <laughs> and, and that's how it all. And now is the BBC amazing? Is like, is like, uh, I have a vision like John Cleese is just walking around, hanging out with Ricky Gervais. You no, know? <laughs> yeah, that's what you were there for. You there for those years, the um, the Ricky Gervais years at the BBC. Um, what year? What, what year was the office? I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. Um, I, I was, but I don't remember. I never bumped into him in the corridors. But there <laughs> used to be, um, there was BBC Television Centre which is a very famous uh, uh, building in, in, in West London, where obviously where the BBC was based. And then they sold it off. Very sadly, they sold it off in around t t 2011, I think. And it was a real, cri it was a real crime because it was such an amazing place with so much history. But to work at the B to be able to work at the BBC is such an amazing place to learn your craft, you know. Really? And, and they really look after you and give you, uh, you know, training courses and, and really hands-on experience. So wow. I'm very definitely grateful for that. Fantastic. So why, whatever happened to the bands? Like, Well, I've been in several very unsuccessful bands what do you over, play? over the years. What do you play? I play um, uh, lead, lead guitar and, uh, and backing vocals. I was a singer originally. Can we, can we originally see the music on relegated. YouTube? Is it all, you got songs on YouTube? Uh, there's very little on YouTube because it was kind of prior to YouTube. That's how old I am, sadly. <laughs> this is pre. This is pre YouTube. So there's bits and pieces, but nothing. I mean, we really weren't very good. But in the same way that having a, a British accent in LA is uh, is a strength. When you're younger and, and you're in, and in a band and you play guitar, it has a weird effect. And even if you're not very good and not particularly attractive girls still like you so i think that was the main um, <laughs> appeal of it. wow well i mean you played was it like were you around the oasis times that was big probably right around then right 
Yeah, I remember Oasis coming through. I was never a huge Oasis fan, actually. There was a band uh, predated Oasis called the Stone Roses, who were more my scene. There was a big music scene in, in Manchester in the late 80s, and that was what really got me sort of turned on to music. Mm. Um, and then I got into Prince and, and Jimi Hendrix and lots of other guitar stuff. So, I, yeah, I started playing guitar. Well, wait a minute. You play um, the guitar. You're playing the guitar. You're in L.A., you still got the accent. You still got the hair. Nope. There's no. no. You, you don't got a band going on the side. No, I'd like to. I'd love to do it. Actually, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get something started. You know, just doing, just doing uh, covers and, and and having fun. So I definitely. If anyone, if any of your listeners are, uh, <laughs> you know, looking for a, 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 a an average uh, guitar player uh, with an accent. Then I'm the man. I want to go back. You 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 ran over like the one of the craziest thing I've ever heard. Your mom ran off with the priest, which is basically the plot of Fleabag almost. I mean, um, well, yeah, I mean, was that bizarre? I, was that what bizarre? I mean, like we he she was married at the time, yes, or I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, it's a long and it's a, it's a long and complicated and, and and actually quite tragic story. So I. I probably won't go into detail okay. here, and I always make light of it because it's a kind of good uh, headline, I suppose. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a nice breaker, but yeah, that essentially changed the course of my life because he was from London and we moved. I moved down to London. Um, I lived in a li very nice little village in the north of England, and then when I was seven, I got uprooted and moved to one of the roughest parts of London, uh, Tottenham. Oh and, and and grew up there, and that I think that just kind of I don't know. It was it was upheaval at the time, but it definitely shaped me as a as a person. But well, yeah, I mean, it's always a good headline. I often use that on on. It's a good first date headline. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Tottenham is that that has a football team as well? Yeah, they have a great football team, and but the, it's a very rough yeah. area. Well, those are the Jews. They're like the flat the the fighting yids, right? That's what they call them out there, or something like that. They're the yeah, Jewish, well, there's yeah. a real there's controversy because, uh, yes, they chant Yids uh, affectionately, but it's obviously not a great thing to chant. No, it's on, not. On, on, ongoing kind of debate about that. Well, it's bizarre because, yeah, they'll chant that, which is sort of a slur, and then and but they do it with the English accent, so they must sound, I don't even know, like, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'm not Jewish, so I'm not qualified to have an opinion. But it's, it's okay. So, what what religion no are we talking about with the priest? Well, I say priest because he, he was he's a he was a vicar, which uh, and I don't know if you which I suppose, I think this is equivalent of a pastor. Yeah, pastor. Uh, Ch Church of England Christian. I, you know, I, I don't know really. And it, and, and you know it's going on. Like you see this all starting to go on and take place as as you're going to church more often. No, I was young. I was very young, actually, at the time, so I don't really remember it. But um, he became my stepdad, and uh, we're actually very, like, really close today. You know, even now, we're, we're, we're super close. So, oh, wow. you know, all right. these things happen. So, all right, I got <laughs> two questions before we move on. And one of them is, um, how did you get to America? So you're at the BBC, and then you're, you're coming to America and you know what? Answer that one second. Let's do this one. Did you ever do stand up there? You were funny, so did you? Ever... Uh, well, uh, no, I no, I did. Um, I did like uh, I emceed or, or compared a couple of shows as a, as like a kind of host. Um, 
but no, I don't really like being in the. Uh, I don't like being in the in the line in the spotlight. All right. I'm more, much more happy just taking a back seat. So That's... no, I never did stand up. I couldn't think of anything worse, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so how did you get? So now you're producing shows. You don't want to perform in them, so that probably even helps you. And then you're 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 going through this whole great BBC program. How do you get the call to come to America? Uh, well, I left the, when they moved the BBC. They when they sold up the, the the BBC Television Centre, and they sort of moved the BBC parts of it to Manchester, and parts of it they they sort of split it up, and that felt like a good time to to leave. And then I was lucky enough to get on a show uh, called Celebrity Juice, okay. um, which is um, a real cult hit uh, in the UK. It's, it's a kind of, uh, it's a panel show, essentially, but with crazy games. And it's kind of like a late night uh, chat show, but uh, kind of real, real insane games and, and very creative, lots of um, lots of real fun content. And that won a BAFTA and uh, various other awards. And, and because I was working on it at the time, um, that really helped with my visa. I was, I, was, I was wanting to move to America, but to get here, you've got to get an O-1 visa, right. which, which makes you an alien with extraordinary ability. That's the box that you check. <laughs> and, uh, and so how, uh, working on a show that won lots of awards was a big factor in getting that visa. Oh, very nice. Um, and I just went for it. I moved out here. I had like a month's work uh, in development. So I gave up a really good job and just packed everything up, left a girlfriend behind and all my family and possessions and just moved out here with a suitcase and a, and a month's work. And uh, yeah, four and a half years later, I'm still here. It's kind of, and it's going pretty well, knock on wood. Yep. All right. Let's move. Let's talk about that. The second segment is writing for television. So you come here, and then what's the first show that you work on when you come to America? And um, well, it was I was lucky because I got to do development for about um, the one month. Development kept getting extended and became almost a year at uh, at Fremantle, ah. who, who makes Supermarket Suite, obviously. That's right. And uh, that was a really nice little introduction. It just let me find my feet. Um, and then I did, and then I got a job. I did um, to tell the truth, which is another Fremantle show, the game show with Anthony Anderson. Right. Uh, and that was fun. And then I did a show called Drop the Mic with James Corden. Um, <laughs> that was like a celebrity rap battle. Okay. Um, which was fun. And then I ended up on American Idol, which was uh, a real incredible experience. You know, to be part of such a huge show i mean obviously it's not as big anywhere near as big as it used to be but it's still a a beast of a show you well know? how many writers are on that show well there aren't really any writers and and technically officially i wasn't a writer but i i wrote um i wrote all of ryan seacrest's uh interesting intros and scripts and, and all everything he says i mean it's obviously all natural when he's with the contestants but when you're in the studio and he's opening the show and right. introducing acts and all that kind of stuff i ended up writing all that stuff so did you wow. you, you get to hang with uh i get who's american idol uh simon cowell and back in the day was it that those years with um you know the, the no, original it was, it was the so they finished it finished on fox i think fox canceled it after 15 seasons <laughs> right. and it had a 
a year's break, and then ABC bought the bought the uh, rights to it and brought it back with um, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan as the as the latest judging lineup. Oh, okay. So I was Katy Perry's producer as well, which was which was a lot of fun. Was she uh, nice? That meant I got to hang out with her uh, a little bit. Just so you know, we watch American Idol every day, so we love it. It's good. We just finished watching what the crazy season they just had. I thought it was amazing the way they uh, the way they they produced this season from from home with the contestants at home. I thought it was a real some real pioneering stuff in there. The way it was shot. Okay. What? Yeah, the town, they had this amazing talent this year, like more uh, better singers than I've ever seen. And then uh, yeah, I don't know how they pulled it off, but I have to give it to them because we we were wondering how they're going to do this because it's like they just got they got hammered right in the middle of the quarantine, but they pulled it off. Yeah, it was really, it was really brilliant. I know that. I think. I mean, I don't know the details, but I think they sent you know real top, uh, the best iPhones, 4K iPhones to the contestants' houses and, and uh, lighting stands, and and they shot everything with three iPhones, and you know, and it, and really put a lot into the dress. You know, making sure each person's wherever they were living looked great. Um, and they really pulled it off. I thought at this point, I now would send you, I would send people you, in with hazmat suits to your house. You know what I mean? Like to just make television. You know what I mean? That I'm surprised they don't do that. Yeah. They just don't send in camera crews in full out space suits, so they well, can. Well, that's probably that's probably the next the next phase, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait. So how do you go from there? So then you go from there, and you're on American Idol. Who? Would, why would you leave that juggernaut for better money or for better? Opportunities. Uh, why did I leave? I went on. Um, well, it was an interesting show because they, because it was a new season on ABC. They they wanted they brought me in to kind of just um, you know inject a bit of comedy and uh, and just come up with some new ideas. Um, and then when it got to season two, it kind of just settled into what it was again. Mm. So I still did a bit of writing for them, but I think the role. The role kind of slowly fizzled out a bit. I, that's that's my take. I, it, it could just be that I didn't do a very good job. I'm not sure. <laughs> so do you, do you leave or do you leave or you just sit? You just wait around. How does it work when you're not in between gigs for you? Like if you're producing, and then you're like, all right, well, we don't really need you anymore. Do you do they like look for something else? Do they help you look for something else, or do you like I just sit around and make phone calls? How do, do you have an agent for that? How does this work? Uh, yeah, I do have an agent, which always, even just those words coming out of my mouth sounds a bit ridiculous to me, <laughs> but, um, okay. it, uh, um, yeah, no, I've been lucky in that there's always, I always seem to get, um, again, I think it's the accent really, but I always end up on another show. Um, I'm trying to think what else. And I, I, I oh, and then I went on to do little big shots. They relaunched that with, um, Melissa McCarthy. So that was mm. another, you know, another good name to work with. I always end up getting some, I always end up with something, so is it, so far so good. Is it hard writing for these celebrities? You know, like, um, you have to have no ego, right? You, you might have a funny joke, but it could be something they don't want to say it, or it's not right for them, or they're like, no, you know, like, do you have to, is that what you're good at then? You have to become good at that? Yeah, I think you've just got to be adaptable, I suppose, but... Um, yeah, that was a tricky one. I think the bigger the celebrity, the harder it is because obviously they have their team of people um, and their kind of, you know, style of writing. So it's, 
it's difficult trying to figure that out, I suppose. But it's the same with, you know, working with you guys and, and with Leslie. <laughs> the, the more you do it and you kind of, you know, you, you you throw some shit at the wall and eventually, uh, hopefully, you start to get it, you know? <laughs> Well, we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Well, exactly. We're still, you know, we'll we'll see. We don't know at the moment. Is it easier, real quick, is it easier to write for TV for American television now that you've done it? Or did you, the BBC, which is like a better, just easier to write, no the pressure or I don't know, whatever you want to say here. I think I had more freedom back in the UK. I think the one thing I've noticed out here is there's a lot more scrutiny and, and more layers and more opinions on everything right i think because it's you know it's bigger business it's big you know there's more money at stake especially when you're doing network shows yeah i feel like there's a lot there's always a lot of opinions and inevitably the, the you know the outcome of that is, is you end up with a kind of diluted product because you've got so many different people having their say that's, that's the kind of main. That's the main headline, which makes it more more difficult. Did you have a? Did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite show that you um, like so far? Like you have a huge resume. I looked at all these shows. I mean, American Idol, The Celebrity Juice. You had a like uh, spinoff of The Buzzcocks, which is a huge show out there. You know, like you have all these shows. The Melissa McCarthy one, To Tell the Truth, Anthony Anderson. Was there one that you were like, oh, this is I? That was a favorite, or you just you just like the variations and. The work. I think uh, Celebrity Juice. If you ever, you should. If you ever just go on YouTube and, and, and type uh, Celebrity Juice, not Celebrity Jews. That's a different <laughs> show. <laughs> but, it's gonna be a um, small show. That is. That's a, that's probably that's the most successful show I've ever worked on, and, and that's probably one of the best. Some of the content in that I think was real, like just very very funny. But I also used to do a lot of in the UK Saturday morning kids TV was a huge thing. It was, uh, they used to do like a three hour live show every Saturday. Oh, wow. Uh, but it wasn't, it was kids TV, but it wasn't kiddie. It was aimed at the, the older brothers and sisters and, and parents. Right. And it was a huge, growing up, it was a huge thing. And, um, and I worked with some really good people on that, especially a couple of guys called Sam and Mark, who are a, a TV double act in the UK. And we just, um, no one really cared. They just kind of left us to it. So we just, kind of came up with some crazy stuff and that's some of the that's some of the stuff i've been most proud of um some really real real creative stuff there and then i think since moving out here i think to tell the truth is a a really underrated show i know it's been around in the u.s for for years yeah it doesn't Um, the latest version with anthony anderson and his mom it's really i think it's a real funny show it doesn't get the publicity neil am i nuts or it doesn't get the publicity of say um like Family Feud gets a lot of publicity. Obviously, yeah. Jeopardy's been around forever, but and you know, I never like I'll see every bus in New York has Steve Harvey and Family Feud on it. Every bus, like the, in fact, it's driving me crazy. Like it's it, like every single bus, ABC, that's what they bought. So I see that poster every day. I never ever see the fam the to tell the truth one. Neil, yeah. it doesn't get any, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't get any publicity. You're right. It's weird. Yeah, I see it. I just, I just, yeah, I see it some, but I agree with you. It, the other shows get a little bit more. Um, let me ask you this: um, Do you have a dream show that you would write for? Like, do you have a like? If I gave you, a, what's the dream show that you see on television that you'd be like, I want to write for that? Probably the Tonight Show. Really? Huh. That's. I good. think. 
It could. <laughs> well, that seems to be in reach. Like, I think I could make yeah. a call. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got, have, you got, have you got any? Have you got any connections? Of there? course. Yeah. Um, there you maybe, go. Yeah. I, that that well, that's probably that's, probably up there. All right. Well, I'll keep it in mind. Um, uh, so where do where do you do all your write? Where's your where do you write? All studio writing? Are you writing at home? Are you writing? What do you like to write? Um, well, at the moment, obviously, I'm uh, I'm I'm writing at home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you want them to do? Yeah. Well, I know now you're in the quarantine, but in general, like, where, where do you like love to write? Like, what's your writing little hat? What's your habit for writing? Neil does Actually, coffee honestly, shops. Even, what Neil? What? Neil does a lot of coffee shops. He likes going to coffee shops, and he sits down. He opens the laptop. And he starts banging it out there. I don't. I don't know how you do that. I got to be locked in like a bubble in my office. Just close the door. Nothing. No. Just silence, and I can concentrate Whoa. on. Yeah, I, I actually even even when it's not quarantine, I, I I'm not a coffee shop kind of guy uh, for writing. I, I've got a little table here, like I say, that just looks out over the Hollywood Hills, and I don't know. I just find that quite inspiring. That's that's my little spot where I like to write. <laughs> Sounds nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. Neil would I'm love doing, that. Uh, Neil, I'm what? doing I'm, I'm doing the LA cliche at the moment of uh, uh, during quarantine. I've been writing a sitcom. Um, so I make myself do a little bit every day. and uh, But the challenge with that, going back to the British versus American thing, is that it's based on uh, my time at university. Um, I, 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 won't, I won't go on about it, but I had a, a, my best friend was in a wheelchair, really great guy. So it's called The Adventures of Wheelie Dave. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but the challenge is taking all our stories from British university and I'm translating them into, uh, you know, an American college setting. But that's quite a fun little journey. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. All right, finishing yeah, up well, this one, finishing up this segment, um, did you watch a ton of the old supermarket sweeps for this? Or how did you, what yeah. has been your best inspiration for this one to get going on the writing? That I mean, they're making them in England, they do a lot of jokes. And then Leslie came in here and's like, I'm not doing all those crazy cheesy jokes that the, if you go to, People out there, if you want to YouTube the supermarket suite from London, um, Raylan, what's the guy's name? Rylan? Rylan. Rylan is the host, yeah. and he's sort of like a Freddie Mercury, flamboyantly gay you know, host. You said he won Big Brother in the UK, and he's pretty good. He, he's snappy. He's very quick-witted, but... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, he. I, I've worked with uh, Ryland a little bit in the past, and he is the loveliest guy. Um, and he essentially he's doing like an impression of uh, Dale Winton, who oh. um, he was the original British host who, right. who was much loved. Sadly, no longer with us. Mm. But he was um, in the nineties. He was our David Ruprecht. Okay. And but he was camp, and 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 it was all you know. Ryland, I think, is going for a similar kind of tone of that kind of camp fun delivery. But I, so I watched a load of that, and then I also watched a load of the American one, which I hadn't seen any of. So I've watched a ton of episodes for that. But it's what I mean. What's not to like, really? It's, uh, it's a, it writes you know. itself, right? It's it's very quick. Yeah. When you just want it's some about people running through the aisles trying to get as much stuff as they can is like quintessentially American, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and very topical right now. And very topical right now. That's right. Well, you're doing a great job. If I, you know, but I have, you know, if I'm the top guy you've ever met in Hollywood, I think you're doing a great job. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on. We'll go to the third one, which is I want to go to do a quick news rundown. We'll try and keep it as light as possible. And the first one I want to do too is uh, the good news is New York City and L and California are flattening the curve. So there is every day I wake up with a modicum of hope that we'll we'll be able to end this thing and at least New York and L.A. and and we'll all get together finally and film the show that we're working on. Um, but everywhere else, if you take New York and LA out of the equation, the, we're spiking upwards. I mean, we don't, we're not learning here. It's like uh, in other parts of the world. Yeah, I guess we got to open it up, but some of these places are insane. I mean, just absolutely insane. And, and Neil, we'll start with this one, Vegas with casinos. Why? How big of a gambling problem does the United States have that people want to still gamble? I mean, Vegas has to figure it out. It's, it will fall. I thought they would lead everybody because that's how that's how Vegas rolls. I'm well, counting on Vegas. Well, you told me they'll they're so desperate for getting people in there. Like I heard they're doing they're taking after uh, the Asian um, Macau Macau. Yeah, that like the, they're putting what heat sensors in yeah, the they're, casino. They're going to do exactly like Macau does: full heat sensors, all the whole thing. You know, they it's should be. They're going to lead everybody because they're going to spend all the money because they they're desperate. They got to put you got to get tested right on site. And then, but I can't believe that people are that desperate to get, to pull a slot machine lever. <laughs> they will almost try and kill themselves, you know, over it. I, I can't. Also, I don't want to go back to Vegas until like the thought of a kind of half full Vegas feels like it defeats the whole object to me <laughs> that's true. It's like if you're gonna go to vegas you want it to be you want it to be packed and crazy and everyone on top of each other and i am you know that yeah some of these things the the 50 model feels a bit depressing to me yeah then it's just it's just reno <laughs> <laughs> right if you've ever been to reno uh, it'll be super depressing you're right it'll be funny um, Even if, if you're winning, you'll know, they'll they'll shut you down in a different kind of way. They'll have so many easier ways to shut you down. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Um, the other thing is um, apparently the Trump. The next piece of the news is apparently Trump uh, has told us now that he takes the hydro hydroxychloroquine pills. So Neil, I guess we're just gonna have to take them if he says preventative medicine. Now it's like a it's so, like a vitamin. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a cult, right? This is like Jamestown. Like the people take them, then they all die, and they're like, "This is the malaria stuff, right?" Yeah, I mean, this... Which, uh, there's been pr- they, aren't they saying it's completely inconclusive whether it's actually effective or not? Not only completely inconclusive, but if you, it could kill you, like it's got right. heart. It's, yes. The side effects of this thing could be really, really bad. So, like, this is insane, and the fact that he, he you know, he's not doing it. So the fact that he's even saying it is insane. And his whole family, they thought this was really going to catch on. And they, they have in, a huge investment in the pills. So, right. I mean, it's it's disgusting what we're doing here. See, this is what I'm saying. Accent or no accent, we're the dumber. We're, we're just dumber. Well, you're, you, I mean, you, you guys make our... Uh crazy leader look normal which which <laughs> says something because in normal circumstances he'd be the you know he'd been the he'd be the main guy that everyone was kind of uh making fun of i suppose but at the moment he, he he just seems like yeah he's fairly you know in comparison he's just a regular guy well it's so funny because i you would think it's all based on like racism 
So I can't believe that England, who you know we think is smarter with the accents, are just as racist as we are. You know, it's a, well, if you go back to what we said before, and, and since you know Ed's writer, that if if he's writing this, if he if this is a reality show, like I feel like he goes about his president like he's doing a reality show. It's pretty awesome. I mean, the pandemic, I never saw coming in that. And every day is something crazy. Well, I don't think it's a reality show more as a soap opera now. It's like, okay, it's, it's almost like he's... but it's crazy. He's going to have an evil twin in another six months. He's got great writers is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you'd pitched the idea 10 years ago, people would have been like, nah, that's, 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 that's crazy. That's way too far-fetched. I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah, they would have thrown you out of the room. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like, yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, you give him four more years, there's going to be a nuclear bomb. He'll but Lenny, bomb. Lenny, you don't think that he just comes out there with no truth, just making crap up. He just loves it. Like, he just loves it to well, say stuff to shock people. Well, I, I don't think not only does he love it, but this is so cra- that something like hydroxychloroquine is so crazy that he would say that he would take it. Like, there's nobody that I know in a rational mind who thinks he takes it. I would have to literally see him swallow the pill, you know. But but um, nobody thinks he takes it. But the fact that he can go out there and say it, and everybody goes, "Oh, you take it." You could hear the the reporters go, "You take it." He's like, "Yeah, I've been taking it for weeks now." Like, it's like. Oh my yeah. God! He will literally say anything. Like uh, any, it's it's not raining. It, Donald, the sun is out. I'm telling you, it's raining right now. It's raining. It's raining, cats and dogs. And they're but like, by tomorrow okay. it will be something else. You know, it's kind of like every day there's a new crazy headline or something that comes out that uh, in normal circumstances would be huge news. I'll tell you who and else it's is like. No, it's just another day. Yeah. Yeah, Altoyos was dumb as stumps. The sorry to bring up the priests again. Churches, how many times am I going to hear this story? Do people really have to go to church that bad? That like there's been outbreaks all over the country of of churches opening up again for I don't know because people have to get in their weekly prayer and then they all get sick. I mean, you got to be kidding. You got you can't you can't put this on Zoom. Church it on Zoom, whatever. You can't sit in your house for an hour or whatever. I, I, I'm dumbfounded by how dumb we are. But church has got to make money, too. Well, you can send in your donation, can't you? Everybody's on. <laughs> can't you send in your donation? You, you, have to, you literally have to pass the hat around? No, nah, Jesus needs you in person. The G's <laughs> likes it when you're there. <laughs> yeah. I guess. All right. Let's move. also while this is all going on, it's hurricane season, right? So I'd like to take a poll. Where do you think it's going to hit first, Neil? Texas, Florida, and or Georgia, and <laughs> and two. How little am I going to hit care if it hits Texas, Florida, or Georgia? You know. Yeah. No, it's coming to Florida first. I bet my life on it. Man, I'll tell you what. If. Uh, I, if a Florida, you could wipe it out. I don't think you're going to get any compassion from anybody at this point because that governor is such a moron. I talked to people in Florida this morning, and they are just like just horrified. Some of the people I know of what they're trying, what they're doing there. Yeah. Again, as a as a Brit, as an outsider, it's fascinating to see, you know, that all the different uh, different parts of America and the different viewpoints and the different ways of dealing with things it, you know it, it's completely 
mind blowing, really. I, I, but I try not to. I don't like to get too involved in politics or religion. But uh, yeah. Well, any, uh, have you? Well, have you traveled to all these places in the, in the U.S.? Um, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, quite a few of them. I actually got to travel to quite a few of them with uh, with American Idol. Um, and and uh, yeah, I mean the thing is with like the South especially. I like I, I've been I drove all across it and Nashville and Memphis and all those places and I loved it. It's just some of <laughs> yeah. the you know viewpoints and, and attitudes are hard to fathom. Well, the culture itself is good. I just can't imagine. You know, like I lived in Texas for about I don't know a year and then just you know i'm blown away by a lot of things in texas you know the food's great the people were fairly nice you know i didn't talk politics with them at that time you know but you know well i think that's the trick avoid, that avoid is the, the trick. if you avoid politics and, and religion and all the rest of it oh. the, then you know there's some great they're great people i think i'd like i'd like people a lot better that's for sure all right. Yeah. Next one. So hurricane season. Also, it's typhoon season. So somewhere in Bangladesh, I don't even think it exists right now. It's like this, this the biggest typhoon ever to hit that part of the world. And nobody's going to give a crap right now, you know. Um, the Jordan documentary. Have you? Do you watch that stuff, Ed? Yeah, I'm actually I'm behind on it, but I watched the first um, couple of episodes and, and absolutely loved it. So, yeah, I'm, I need to catch up on that. I'm finished. Neil, you done with that? Loved it, loved it. Got to get more competitive. That's my takeaway. I agree. I'm, I'm going to be a lot more competitive with everybody. Didn't bother me at all how <laughs> dicky he was to his team, like teammates. I mean, that's that's why they won six championships. I don't know what people yeah. want from the guy, you know? Well, it's hard, for, it's hard to really be that. I mean, everyone's mad at him, but it's hard to be that competitive most people are kind of nice and want to be nice and i'm super nice i i think it's yeah i mean can you win another way i i really i haven't seen it if to be honest with you yeah you got why are people mad at him i mean he was just you know he was a tyrant i mean he was yeah. he was the man everything revolved around him so and makes total you know total sense the problem yeah with, supposedly there's no bigger jerk in the world than this guy like he's not he's only nice to like tiger woods He's only nice to the upper upper echelon of people, but to the he's just not a nice person. That's what everybody says. That's why everybody's mad at him. Yeah, I mean, he, but I think, like you say, that's a lot of the, the these w- winners are often completely ruthless and driven narcissists, aren't they? That's what you've got to be, I suppose. I mean, when they're that good, I mean, that's what they it's live why, in a bubble. I'll never be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in deep trouble. But that's my. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start being. I'm going to see how far I can get this year. Just be a total jerk off the whole time. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, don't start. Don't don't start that when we begin working together. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know how. I'll have to learn it. Yeah, well, I hope you can fly because <laughs> Leslie will throw you right out a window. <laughs> no, I'll be fine within. A, I'd say a minute. <laughs> uh, um. There's um he knocked off 17 Hall of Famers or something like that in that run like 17 Hall of Famers Stockton Malone you know Drexler all these guys Barkley Ewing you know like all just nope they couldn't beat him amazing so well, I think that I think that that's just a I don't know I don't know where that comes from it's you just don't see it a lot in people I don't I don't see that but I feel like yeah I don't know there's something about that ultra competitive thing that it's a turn on to watch. Oh, it's, I mean, you could just tell by the documentary, like, whose team it was and what he, you know, 
I just the whole dynamic of Phil Jackson with all those personalities and right guy, right team, right then. But you got to remember he was he didn't rem- he didn't win for like six years. It almost looked like it was never going to happen. You know, yeah. I, I remember Detroit well, did, would beat him. Uh, Ed, did you grow up? I mean, when you were in England, are you just following the Bulls there? Did they reach you, did they reach you there, or is it all soccer? In terms in terms of American sports, you mean? Yeah, just I mean, basketball and Jordan, really just Jordan. Jordan, did it? Did I think it. just the names, really. Like, yeah, we knew about Michael Jordan. Um, a good friend of mine was was into football, American football. So, my only real uh, American football uh, references are uh, Dan Marino and um, <laughs> uh, wait, I've forgot, and I've forgotten the second one. It'll come back to me. <laughs> That's so good. Definitely limit, but the big names definitely just made it through. But but other than that, not really. All right. Well, the next one going over to Europe, Neil. Um, you're you've been saying you said last week, Neil, that the German league has started up the Bundesliga, and if they can play with no audience and whatever, and every nobody dies, then they'll be in good shape. So, did anything happen? Anybody croak? Uh, was it successful? What happened? Yeah, it was super successful. I mean, and, and it, yeah, it went off without it. I mean, yeah, they got it down. They test everybody. They're ready to go. Tons of teams. And they're making us look stupid. Well, they only play like what once a week. No, they play Saturday, oh, Sunday, and then they had a game on Monday. So three different days, like twenty. I mean, they're ready to go. They got it down. Yeah, but wait a second. Wait a second. They still have to. This is gonna take a couple of weeks to make sure that they, you know, nobody got it. They're gonna have to retest everybody every game, right? Well, I guess so. But first of all, I, I see no difference in the the bundle, whatever. I can't even say the name of the league. But to <laughs> me, that the supermarket sweep, exact same thing. Let's go. <laughs> well, the governor very similar. The governor of California said he's ready to. He'll put his stamp on ready to if it's done right. Start on sports teams starting up again. And I was so I texted the producers like, "Aren't we a sport?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um. Okay. Yeah, they start. Apparently, it was. I think it went well, but apparently, it was uh, an eerie. The atmosphere was 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 strange, you know, just without any crowd and the hearing every, all the individual voices. But so I think the EPL is hoping to start up quite soon in June, and, and there's talk of like playing in crowd noise and various other things just to bring it to life a bit. Yeah, it's weird. I watched the. I'll end with this one on the segment. I watched the MMA. They had it on uh, ESPN over the weekend. And um, I got to say, I mean, the fighting is obviously there, but there's no fans. So it, two things were really funny to me. One was that uh, you look around the ring and it's just you can hear a pin drop and you can hear the, the corner men screaming stuff at them because there's no crowd noise, you know, and you could also and they're but they're screaming stuff through masks. So you can't even tell if they're upset or <laughs> right. That's why everybody's got a mask on. And the second thing that uh that's funny to me is at the end when the guy won and they raise his hand, they interview him and he's still grabbing the mic like there's 70,000 people going, I told you, I told you. <laughs> like, who are you yelling at? I mean, the fans aren't there for you. People are like, yeah, all right, just let him go. You know, do you do well, that was the thing about soccer too. The jerks, the when the two thing when the guy got hurt, they just got right back up. They didn't swap and go crazy because no one cared. And then for <laughs> celebrations, their celebrations were even funnier because everyone came to the person when they scored a goal, and then they all moved away. No one did anything. No one knew what to do. Well, they used to run up to the the soccer guys, run up to the stands and and jump on their knees right in front of their yeah. 
And now yeah. they're like, well, that's the end. Of the, thank you. They're just shit. They, they can't even shake hands anymore. You're not allowed to do that. So they're just what? They're banging heads against each other. It's so sad. It's yeah. Sad. All right. All right. Let's move on. All right. The last corner, we pl- we'll play a game today called This, That, and the Other Thing. And um, I'll give you a choice of one of two things. Which would you take? Or you can go off the board and pick another one. So... All right, Neil, I'm going to start with this one since we kind of covered it a little bit, but I'm going to give it to you. So would you rather have your favorite English accent or your favorite American accent, whichever one that is? Now, would I rather in a, in a, as an actor or just for my just life? Just walking around your life, would you rather be walking around with your favorite? Like, would you rather walk around with the, hey, uh, you know, the upper crust London <laughs> or a little bit of Ed? Or would you rather be like, oh, the guy, I can't name it. You want that one? Or you could be well, your I, southern I, one? I did, uh, well, I, I did betrayal in one of my acting classes uh, and showcases, and I got kicked out of the school. So I'm going with, <laughs> I'm going with the... Southern accent is, is probably my best chance well, right you, now. Well, you have that's the only accent you can do, but you have a slight twang. So, but what would you want the full cowboy then? Is that the one like hey, man. Yeah, over British, I'll go full cowboy. Okay, full cowboy. I'm going I'm going with the flat out upper crust London snottiest Queens English accent I can find. So, I want to sound even more pretentious and snotty. That's the one I'm going with. Ed well, when most British people, myself included, when when I if I've had a few drinks and do an American accent, it comes out as uh, kind of Alabama. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's the default setting that we go to. Um, it, like, I, growing up, I would have said the American accent. I, I desperately wanted to be Michael J. Fox in Brian um, uh, McFly in Back to the Future. Oh, nice. So I wanted oh, to that's... be small, and I wanted to have an American accent. And then as I got older, I realized that being small wasn't necessarily a good thing uh, if, if you, you know, if you, uh, if you're single. And, um, and now, like I say, I moved to L.A. I'm going to stick with the British accent. Um, I think that's a good move. I really do. I think it's a good move. What do people think of the Cockney accent down there? Like, I mean, in, in England, like uh, to me, it's of course, it sounds like the dumber accent. And it, it is because the people are from the streets. But. I think it's funny. Well, I think Guy Ritchie made it cool again when when Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking uh. Barrels came out. He he reinvented that. But the interesting thing now is that the Cockney accent doesn't really exist in London, um, um, and it's now been pushed out to some of the surrounding counties, places like Essex. I see. Uh, that's where you get that accent. I don't know if you've ever seen the reality show The Only Way Is Essex. No. It's a quite a tremendous watch. It's, um, but yes, it's, 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 I suppose it's our, it's our kind of equivalent of Jersey Shore in a way. <laughs> um, but that's where you get that true Cockney London accent. But yeah, that that doesn't really happen in London anymore. It's all, it's kind of it's surrounding areas. When I'm watching Jersey Shore, though, I'm like looking at those guys like, oh my god, right? Yeah. What, morons, bad, morons. But do Actually, you look we, at we the- have jaw. We have Geordie Shore, which is uh, uh, the direct equivalent, which is set in Newcastle. So people, if you're from Newcastle, you're a Geordie. Um, <laughs> and that is Jersey Shore, but with even more uh, sex and outrageous behavior. That really is quite a watch. But is it look down? Does it look like 
is it the same feeling looked down upon like oh god these people I think there's a bit more affection because Geordies are just very they're usually real huge personalities and and uh, and lovable and the, you know the girls are all crazy they, they they just like to drink and and have a lot of sex <laughs> I mean a lot <laughs> uh, on <okay>. camera <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right, definitely worth a watch where are we going Lenny we're going to Newcastle I guess I never thought I wanted to go to Newcastle I went to Islington <laughs> what am I doing Stupid. Islington. I, I used to live in Islington. It's nice. No, that's, that's the posh bit. It is very the nice. nice. I, that's the, that's where I stayed for a week. All right, let's do the next one. Okay, so everything's opening up again, and I got You got it. Would you rather get a haircut if everything opened up again immediately, and you could do one thing, Neil? You want, would you rather go to a haircut, or would you rather go to your favorite coffee shop? That's an easy one for me because I don't have hair. <laughs> Therefore, haircuts are way too depressing for me. So, yeah, I don't even. I just want to go to a coffee shop and not like worry about dying. That's my. That's my small goal. Well, I'm saying if it, once it, you know, are you still going to go to coffee shops? Like if it opened up tomorrow, are you still going to go in there? Or well, I just went to Starbucks this morning, and then we spent five minutes discussing. You know how they put the little green stopper in yeah. to keep it warm? Yeah. We we took five minutes to figure out. Did the guy just touch it with his fingers and then shove it in our drink? <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't drink it. We didn't know what to do. And finally, we're just like, ah, fuck it. Well, if we die, we die. Oh, my God. That's so funny. People will die over coffee. Ed, which one? Haircut? Favorite coffee shop? Uh, I've managed to keep my hair just about in check, I think. Uh, can, I say a, can I say a spicy margarita? Yeah, you can go off the board. you rather go to a mar- uh, make sure your margarita place opens? Not even like a busy, just sitting, at a, just having a nice, relaxing drink. Because even that, when things are open and, it, and we're at 50% capacity or whatever the rules are, I think like that could still be a really nice experience. I don't miss crowded bars or mm. clubs or any of that stuff. But just sitting at the bar, um, I like, uh, I don't want to paint a picture of me as a, a lonely man, but I like nothing more than sitting at the bar on my own with a, with a spicy margarita and reading a book. Oh, wow. So I miss little things like that. Huh. I'm, I'm not really reading it. It's, it's there as a prop to look intelligent. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think I'll ever do that, nor have I ever done that. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go off the board as well with this one. I'm going to go my dry cleaner. I, my, I have, there's a hole in one of my pants, and I can't fix it. I don't want to sew this hole. And I want to, in one of my, I like these pants, but I need to fix the pant, the sweatpants so I can walk around in them. And I, my dry cleaner has a tailor there that will fix the hole. So I want him to open up so I, just so I can fix this stupid hole. Did you, did you tell your dry cleaner that you're, you can't wait to see him? No, I will. When he opens up, I'll be like, where have you guys been? Every day I walk by there, I'm like, did they open today? No, no, they're still out. Oh, well. Uh, that's super sad. I keep buying- I keep buying uh, sweatpants on uh, online. That's become my weird um, <laughs> guilty pleasure during quarantine because I keep seeing these sweatpants and the guys wearing them are like ripped. And so you see the sweatpants and you think, wow, they're, they're great sweatpants. And then when you get them and put them on yourself, they're, they're just sweatpants. <laughs> without, the, without the six pack, there's, there's not so much there, you know? Uh, it's, so funny. it's so funny you say that because I have ordered... 
I fell for the same thing. I see these pictures, and it's like the greatest pants ever worn. They're they're <laughs> dressy, but they're sweat. And I ordered one too. From where now? Uh, I'm look. I can't remember. It's like JW or something or. All these little companies are popping up on my Instagram now that you could buy sweatshirts and T-shirts, the softest T-shirt ever. It's the best fitting shirt ever. Like, and I've had a couple of them come in. I'm like, no, they just got me. I got nothing better to do than order a shirt. Yeah, what? Yep. Did you order? I don't. I don't know where I got one of them. I forget. The, like Mac Weldon. I never even heard of this company. So. Yeah, that's what I ordered. That's it. That's it. They're like, they're, they're like eighty dollars for yeah, a pair of pants. Yeah, they're almost good. I feel Did like you order them? I didn't order the pants. I have one. I think I ordered a T-shirt and like, nope. I'm always on the quest for like a good fitting like T-shirt because they're always too tight. Everything is like for guys who are like shredded now, and I am exactly. far from shredded. I'm like, please, just could you make my man boobs look less and like my stomach look? <laughs> no. like, give me a little room down there a little bit. Like, no, no. It's just that you know, it's I end up sending it right back, but. It's a good idea. The guy in the picture always looks great. Well, where did Ed order his sweats from? Yeah, where'd you get the sweats, Ed? I don't know. They keep, like, I'm the same as you. Keep, uh, I keep getting things on Instagram, uh, and they pop up. And because I'm drinking uh, a lot during quarantine, <laughs> I, I, I'll be halfway through a bottle of wine, and it'll, it'll come up on my Instagram. I'm like, well, yeah, this, is, this makes complete sense to, to order these amazing sweatpants. I'm- so I have a lot of sweatpants. By the way, I have no income to order these. I'm just so bored. I just want something to happen for every day. You know what I mean? I just like, yeah. I just want something to come for me in the mail or can something yeah. happen? Like I can't. Mail is super exciting. Yeah. I mean, Ed once a week sends me a script that I get to work on for like a half an hour. It's the happiest half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so sad. All right. Let's do one more. All right, so you go when you go outside. Do you go mask, bandana, or scarf? Neil, what are you guys using? Mask, bandana, well, scarf. I, w- I went bandana early, and then and then I went mask. And then my parents, you know, my mom's been sick, so she has the N95 mask. So she sent me an N95 mask. But now I feel guilty for wearing an N95 mask. So I'll give it away if I can. But I have to admit, when you wear an N95 mask, you feel really good. You feel like Darth Vader? Is that the surgical <laughs> grade? Is that the top one? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like the top one. So you're just a lot braver, a lot more aggressive, and, you know, just really like, I don't know, I feel really confident, even though probably not. <laughs> I'm wearing a football helmet, so does that work? <laughs> what, are you, what are you wearing? I'm wearing, uh, I think Gina got, I mean, I bought a bunch of masks early on from uh the drugstore and then finally gina secured a couple of n95 so i think we i think we that's what we're using i i'm not sure because i think you know i i'm not sure where these n95 masks are coming from but i'm pretty sure there's korean writing on them so i'm probably wearing like an n93 mask <laughs> you know, it's all, we're all getting we're all getting used to, this is all fake shit there's no doubt about it oh man it's sad um all right, let's do one more. Um, Wait, what's, what's Ed wearing? Oh, Ed, what are you wearing? Well, I wear, I've got a load of masks, but I, I, the, uh, the main issue for me is that uh, I've always been very paranoid about my ears bending over. I used to take them down when I was younger, and now when I wear the mask, it bends them forward, bends my ears forward in a in a sort of comedic way. So I'm I'm wearing a mask, but but reluctantly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right. So here's the last one. Um, would you rather, or this, that, and the other thing, which one would you do? Would you rather get Corona at this point, Neil, try to live through it, build your immune system, or would you rather hold off to the vaccine? I do not want to get this. I will do anything not to get this. I will wait. I, I, think, just, I, I cannot get this. It just sounds so fucking awful. I agree. I think I'm going to go. I agree. I would, I would wait it out, yeah. but I'm like, I mean, I, I'm the, the worst case of this is really bad. And the fact, the, the, possibilities of death i mean people are like ah it's the flu all right well if you get it we'll see we'll see what you have to say yeah I, anybody yeah. i know has it was like miserable ed oh yeah i'll wait i'm a hypochondriac anyway so i i uh i'll happily wait i mean hopefully it's, uh, who knows when the vaccine will be but i'll, I'll wait for it for sure that's gonna be well ed what's the ed what's the bravest thing you've done during the quarantine like have you gone to like beside the grocery store have you done something just on the edge of craziness. Um, He's not really. I've been on some nice little adventures, uh, just driving out to places that I didn't know existed. I think that, that that's been a, a highlight. Um, and just right, like I say, it's a cliche, but just writing this sitcom. I, I would like uh, at the start of quarantine. I was like, right, I'm going to do it, and uh, I'm almost at the end of the first draft, which is probably terrible. But it's that sense of achievement, you know, that, that actually some something productive can come out of it yeah i was saying yeah. i would have knocked off a lot of stuff by now neil potter who should be knocking <laughs> off scripts well lenny what where have you put yourself at risk what is the place did you go to like a home depot or did you go to somewhere like that no i mean just once a week going to a grocery store that's the the weird one and once in a while you know i mean just running in and out of a store but not really like there is no but no none of those stores you've gone without a mask no i've been right I've been in there with a mask every time. There's no place I've gone. I mean, I'm in the park with Birdie every morning, but there's there's nobody. Nobody comes within six. Nobody comes within ten feet of us. You know, what I mean, there's nobody. But if someone rolls up on you, you put your mask on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah. playing around with this. No, we keep talking about going somewhere, just getting out of here for a week, and we've had offers for the Hamptons or even your place, Neil. But we just like we we end up going what are we doing? We'll have to spend money on a car and then it's just the risk. I'm like, yeah, we're going crazy, but it always comes down to like, well, let's just wait it out another week because yeah. it's just yeah. too nuts. And, and the curve here is going down. So now I'm feeling a little more confident when I go out that if somebody's like next to me, they're, they're not going to die. But then again, every time it's allergy season. So like I've said, every time I sneeze, I feel like if I have it, I could infect 95 people if anybody was close by, you know? I got to figure out if I have it. There was a line today when I went down for uh, people standing outside, um, like the um, city MD, just to get tests. I think people are starting to really like, all right, you know what? Let's see if I have it or don't have it or no symptoms and I have it. You know, like you really should get your status at some point, which it's probably common. I think in in June, that's what um, Gene and I will do. I think uh, I've been super cautious, but I, the thing that's interesting for me is when um, uh, it's how not just for me, but how dating is going to start up again. Because yeah. that's you know that is 
you, you're, you're mixing with strangers who you've no idea where they've been. That's right. And, and all their friends. With a view to maybe a kiss or whatever, then, yeah. then I, if, I don't know how that's all going to start up again. Yeah. I don't know what the different phases of dating restarting are. Well, I think it'd start away at six feet away, then four feet away, then three feet away, then two feet away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. it. I, I, I'll, um, I, I think I know we're running out of time, but I'll yeah. say, uh, if there's a next time, I got some good dating stories, so I'll tease. Uh, I'll, I'll, All I'll, right. There's a the, the ask me ask me another time about the baby birding. It's a great dating story. All right, <laughs> baby birding. All right, next time we have you on, and and we we should do that. All right, let's finish up. The way we end the show is uh, one good thing or one bad thing of the week. Uh, Neil, you want to go first on this one? Because I know it's going to be lengthy. Yeah, no, it's not, I, I got it tightened up. It's, my bad thing is clearly uh, I'm in this house in a bunker, and then our sewer line exploded. <laughs> so during a pandemic, I got I got just sewage underneath my house, and it just smells god-awful. <laughs> and so it doesn't get any worse than that, being in a house with sewage coming up and you're in the middle of a pandemic and no one can come fix it. <laughs> so then the only people that come fix it, they, they, they're just scamming me. They're going to charge me shitloads of freaking money. I'm screwed. Cause I can't go down there and get the bucket of shit. So this whole thing's been a disaster. And then they all think it's a fake hoax. So they won't wear a mask. It's it just, it's just as bad as it gets. <laughs> so it's costing you money that you don't have and you're not making, and you can't not pay for it because the whole house smells. No. And I, I thought I was just going to – I had no idea, so I, they, they come and they're like, we'll do it, right? And then, <laughs> then me and Bethel were in shock. They said they'll show up at 10 a.m. They show up at 8 a.m. Monday morning, and they got like a big-ass bulldozer that's like a – half the yard it's massive and i had no i thought they were just gonna go into the house remove the shit and fix the pipe <laughs> uh, what does your lawn look like now do they fill it back in i just feel like i feel like i've been used and abused and then just it's taken apart and it's just it's been just an awful oh, i have an idea sell that friggin money pit this is the bunker. It was like the perfect yeah. bunker, and then it's all falling apart. I'm not going to lie to you. It's fucking all falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ed, you want to go next? One good thing, one bad thing this week. Um, I think the good things are like, really, things like this today, this is, you know, it's a lot of fun, and I appreciate being asked on, and uh, just connecting with, uh, with, with friends, you know. Like on Saturday morning, I did a, a, a quiz with all my friends back in Burnley. But uh, one of them lives in Australia, so the only time that works for all of everyone is 7 a.m. my time. <laughs> but they're all drinking, so I, um, I, 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 I didn't want to... Drinking at 7 a.m. is a, a, a tricky one, but in my mind, drinking mimosas is acceptable and doesn't make you seem like a, a raging alcoholic. So being drunk, drunk on uh, mimosas this Saturday morning uh, was uh, was a real highlight. I'd say ninety nine percent of the people I know would take you up on that little game. <laughs> that sounds actually really good. Actually, it really, I'll take anything at this point. Um, the good thing or bad thing of the week for me is we still have the, we have like I think it's a wiring problem, but Gina thinks it's a ghost. So it got hot this week, so we turn on Birdie ceiling fan because it's too it's too cool for. Um, air conditioners yet 
but you kind of need the ceiling fan because it will get hot in the room. And then, of course, we turn on our ceiling fan so we don't get hot, and it somehow, it in the middle of the night, her light just goes on magically. And so now, on the ceiling fan. So now we, you know, Gina thinks it's a ghost. This happened a couple times. Birdie wakes up. So now we have to just turn hers on, and Gina's solution is don't turn ours on. So now I'm sweating. So I'm... <laughs> So this is great. So I'm sweating all night if it gets over like 75 degrees outside. So uh, this is. Uh, I love that. Do you know, at, at no point did you think maybe Birdie has special powers, like she's got that thing, <laughs> like bewitched. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm hoping Birdie not is not screwing with us. No, I think she has special powers, and you're just figuring it out. Like you know how <laughs> the kids have special powers; she can move shit and do stuff. Uh, she might. Who the hell knows? All right. One final thing before we go. Rest in peace this week. We have Fred Willard, one of the great comics here of all time. One of the funniest dudes you'll ever see in any movie. He's always great. Phyllis George from NFL Today. Brent Musburger. Remember back in the day, Neil? Phyllis George. She was like a, she was like yeah. Miss America. She was great. And then she just... Both, both amazing. Amazing, yeah. Lynn Shelton, who was Mark Maron's... Uh, girlfriend and she was an incredible director um, did Mad Men and a bunch of other shows good independent filmmaker passed away suddenly she was not old Jerry Stiller from Stiller and Mirror uh, condolences there Andre Harrell Little Richard it was a really brutal week I think yeah. since we did a I show I agree terrible weirdly so, I was watching I was watching Spinal uh, Spinal Tap one of my favorite movies last yeah weekend and i didn't even realize that he was in it yes Willard was in it yeah uh until this week when when he passed away spinal tab one of my favorite movies of all time rock and roll Same. top 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 three for me <laughs> yeah top three i'll tell you a funny quick story about that real quick because we're out of time um i go to the theater back in the day when it came out i actually went to the movie theater with my friend because we loved that whole thing and we walk in and it'll, we're in the front row. That's how much we couldn't get seats. And Neil and I have walked out of movies that we had to sit in the front row because you're right. You know, you got to look straight up at the big screen. It's packed. Wall-to-wall people want to see us. I'm laughing so hard. I'm on the floor of the theater, pounding the <laughs> ground of the theater. But And my friend Phil is with me, and he's also dying laughing. I'll never forget it. But people did not get the joke. And we turn around like, I'd say three quarters away, there's like 20 people left in the theater. Wow. Scattered. They didn't get it. They thought it was a re- they thought it was a real documentary. I was I can't even tell you I couldn't breathe and I I was laughing so hard. I couldn't realize that people left. So when I got when we turned around, we were like, "Where did we go?" We were like one of the few people I was how I'm like that's the funniest thing I've ever seen and people just walked out. They didn't get it for years. They didn't get that 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 was Christopher Guest and Michael McKean. And it was pretty much the first, uh, it was one of the first mockumentaries, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was the funniest like, thing I've ever seen. Like, if you got the, if you listen to the lyrics, you know, it's yeah. of the yeah, songs. The songs, are, the songs are still good. Still good. All right. Ed, thank you so much for doing this. Your social media. Hey, you could find Ed on his Instagram at Ed the producer underscore. I don't. Ed, I don't even understand how why the underscore at the end of this. I mean, well, there was an original. There was an original Ed, the producer. So I had to add an underscore. It's a bit embarrassing, really. <laughs> so don't forget the underscore, people, when you want to see the good Brit with the great hair and the mimosas at dawn. Um, um, again, thank well, this you. This has been great. Thank oh, you. That was a lot of thank fun. Thank you so much for doing it. 
Uh, we really appreciate it. All right. We'll say we'll see. Hang in there, everybody. All the fans, and um, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye, everybody.